Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 96 of The Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis, here as always with Sarah Powers, and today we're talking about night visitors, but not night. like the scary ones. No. <laughs> we're talking about Santa Claus, Tooth Fairy, Easter Bunny, and all of those magical guests that um, visit our house, Yes, um, houses or don't, and um, I guess before we dive in, we should probably give a little parental guidance or a little advisory here that there, there might be um, some little ears that... Shouldn't hear this one. But, yeah, we're going to be yeah. talking about how these magical creatures visit our houses and how that plays out. So right. if you think so that's something you'd on, rather listen to on your own, then here's your you warning. <laughs> All right. But also, we've been getting some letters coming in for our Mother's Day challenge where we're asking, begging, imploring you all to send us handwritten letters to other moms, either like a specific, you know, other mom that you want to address, like, you know, dear mom of a newborn baby or whatever it is, or just to kind of moms in general. And Sarah, I know you have one because we're getting, they're rolling in now and we're really excited. They're, they're beautiful and we're so grateful. So Sarah, do you want to read one? Yes, I do want to read one. This was one of the first ones that arrived and it's fun. Some moms are signing their actual name and some are leaving it anonymous, which is totally fine. But this one came from Kristen. And so I'm going to read it. I know this is a topic that will re- uh, many of you will relate to. She says, Happy Mother's Day to the mom who has decided to stop pumping or breastfeeding or was unable to at all and is now using the formula. <laughs> <laughs> you are doing a great job. You are not only feeding your child, but if you're at all like I was, you're saving yourself. You're saving yourself and your mental and physical health as well. You're doing what's right for you, and no matter what others say or what they feel about your decision, hold your head high. You are the best mother for your child, and you know what's best for you and that child. With hugs and fellowship, Kristen. Wow. So, um, I, I think so that lovely. is... lovely. Yes. And something <laughs> that is so easy to know after the fact, but right, it's just but a so hard to know struggle. when you're 
in it. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yay. Well, thank you for writing in and we want to hear from more of you. Yeah. So, so how do to, they do that, Sarah? Go yeah, to the, the, the momhour.com. Look for the Mother's Day Challenge little badge in our sidebar. And then that's where you will find all the information and our address. Our address is super long and complicated. And so I haven't been reading it on the podcast because <laughs> no one's grabbing a pen. It's like a lot right. of numbers. Um, and worst case would be if someone wrote it down wrong or I said it wrong. So just go to the right. You see a little icon in our sidebar and that will take you to our address. And we have been getting them. And it's so fun to check the mail. Yay. See your lovely words. So, okay. So this is fun. You know, I have to say, it, we're recording this um, in late March. It's airing in early April, and every year around Christmas time, the Santa question comes up, both from our listeners, but also you just see it, you know, everywhere, kind of. And you know, you and I have touched on it in different ways, um, but I'm actually really glad that we're talking about this general topic not at Christmas time because right. it really is a whole bunch of mythical, magical creatures and how as moms we roll this out with our families it happens all year round so we're recording this in the spring it's a couple weeks from easter um so i thought we'd start with kind of a general conversation and then maybe it'd be fun to go through the different the different characters and how they visit our houses and how that plays yeah for sure well it's funny you know sarah that, that you um there was that meme the saint patrick's day meme and i it was something basically about if you don't if what it was, the leprechaun doesn't yes. visit your house. So that has never been a, th- like, I feel like maybe I missed that. <laughs> I missed it too, but it's everywhere now. So if you missed this, I shared it on our social media and then it got picked up and shared like 400 times. Thanks to Jill of Baby Rabies. She shared it with her Facebook community. And um, it just basically said, like, if you want to, if the leprechaun visits your house and does magical things and leaves lucky charms and gold coins, and then that's great. But you don't have to do this. Like you get and to if you're if like you me and didn't, yeah. yeah, if you're like me and didn't even know other parents were doing doing that they are though <laughs> they I are. had no idea like none I read that and thought what is she talking about no it is absolutely <laughs> so a thing. and and the yeah. leprechauns are going to the classrooms too it's like pervaded like the kindergarten and first grade oh, classrooms boy, oh the boy. leprechaun okay. and the funny thing about the leprechaun is for many and this we'll get to the elf too but the yes. elf is the same is they cause trouble it's like I don't need another person <laughs> causing, causing trouble in my house yes. like I right. have three Yes, but, absolutely. Yeah, That's so, so that funny. Is, that did kind of inspire this. And I think what people actually liked about that meme is that we didn't say you're a total loser and a Pinterest mom if you do this. What we said is if this makes you happy and you love it, you get to do that. And that gets to be how you celebrate right. St. Patrick's Day with your kids. If you don't, that's okay too. So right. and that that should be over this whole entire conversation too. You and I yes. may be encouraging people to scale back a little, but only if you're doing it out of peer pressure do we want to give you permission to scale back. If you yeah. love it, you get to do it. And we are high-fiving you all the way. Absolutely. So. And, you know, there's also, um, I want to make two other points about that. Yeah. One is that clearly this shows how social media and the way we communicate now I mean, so Elf on the Shelf is the other example. Yeah. Take something that's not a thing because I promise you, <laughs> 10 years ago, I would be going to mom's groups and sitting around. No one was talking about leprechauns visiting. No one. This was not a thing. And now it became a thing and then it spreads and it spreads so fast and it becomes like it's not just an optional thing anymore. Now it's like you're not doing that. That's like parenting 101. So I think you just we all have to keep in mind, keep a little perspective in mind and realize that those things, um, they they spread so much faster and they 
grows so much more um, quickly, and it's their their perception of import their perceived perceived importance grows, yeah, and it becomes it really overshadows the reality <laughs> of the importance, and also the, it makes it seem like more people are doing it than actually are because no one's really posting that they're not doing it, right. Right. You know, people aren't posting on like pictures on Facebook of them not having the leprechaun visit That's their house. So true. That's so, so you're true. not getting that. All you're getting is the people who are doing it, and it creates this imbalance. Um, yes. The other thing is, I was going to say is sometimes these are little. These are things you do in a certain season in your life and or your child's life, and they can come and go really quickly. So I remember like when Jacob was really little, I was and Isaac, I was really into sort of Waldorfy stuff for a yeah. bit. And I kind of remember like I had this vague memory of going out and collecting like acorn caps and making little dolls and like having them out by a tree and like like making like a little fairy garden outside. Yeah. Um and I remember getting really into that for like 2 years. I thought it was fun. I it was very magical and kind of suited where I was in life at that yeah. moment. And then I moved on. I didn't feel like I had, like, it still counts. I did it. Right. It counts. I don't have to do it forever. I don't have to do it with every kid. I don't have to do it every year. Um, And so that's another thing. I think sometimes things can come and go. And like, if you do it once and don't ever want to do it again, that's okay too. (laughs) Sometimes like, it's just, it's just a little, I don't know, like a blip, like a little, like a little thing that you do for a little bit and then you kind of move on. You don't have to have like your curriculum of magic planned out for your kids from when they're (laughs) your curriculum of magic (laughs) like you can wing it and it's funny our kids are smart we have a million stories about how how perceptive and smart kids are but they also have a relatively short attention span for this kind of stuff so like they will forget or if they don't forget they may not forget because kids are they they have amazing memories I'm not gonna slight them that but if they don't forget they'll just get over it so if like the gnomes start Showing, stop showing up. They might notice, but it's not. It's not. They're not. It's not going to kill their their sense of magic There's, forever. It just is. No, that's true. And I also just to touch on one more thing that we've we've yeah. already talked on the, about this a little bit with Santa Claus and stuff like that. I remember being really worried when my kids were really little about making everything consistent year to year. Right. So like, if Santa the note Santa leaves has a cookie with it this year, like right. or whatever, or yes. like he's eaten the cookie one year, he's got to eat the cookie every year. And if it's got to be, you know, if, if we feed the reindeer one year, we have to do it every year. And whatever wrapping paper we use has to be different and it has to be significantly different every year and what I've come to find and we've talked about this before is that children who want to believe Mm. will believe Mm -hmm. they will not be thrown off by (laughs) your mess ups or your lack of consistency Kids who are on the fence or ready to move on will start looking for those inconsistencies yes. anyway, and they will bust you because that's the developmental stage they're in. I mean, right. you can't be perfect enough to keep a kid from figuring stuff out. Yeah. And well, on and the other hand, if they want, if they're still deep in that belief, then really you can screw up a whole bunch and yeah. they're going to keep believing. Yeah. And not only that, I would just jump piggyback on that. And the other worry is disappointing our kids somehow, yes. either because we didn't do it the same as we did it last year, or we're not doing it the same as the everybody else is doing it. And I'll just, right. just to stay with St. Patrick's Day, because this just happened for a minute. Um, the way th- that meme started, because in my real life, I ran into a mom that I know, like an acquaintance in the grocery store parking lot. And she said, I was with Violet. She was by herself. And she said, I'm using my couple hours of time without my kids because my youngest is in preschool to go get the lucky charms and I looked at her and I was like wait what like what and she's like no the (laughs) lucky charms for tomorrow and I was like oh honey like you you don't have to do that and the way she said it was more like this is my last chance to do it I I really have to do it 
Right. And I went home that day. I actually yes. made that meme. And, you know, so I was thinking about it and people were, were responding. Um, and while that was playing out, my kids came home from school talking about how their friends were talking about the leprechaun comes on the night before St. Patrick's Day. And in my head, I'm like, I've just written this meme saying you don't have to do it. And I'm still feeling that like, oh, like especially Reed, who's in first grade. And they're, you know, they're really the leprechaun came to their classroom and turned the toilet water green and left them gold coins. And I just had to like I had to trust that part, that voice, the voice of rational thinking in my head that's like they're gonna be okay and they really thought the leprechaun might come to my house and they woke up and the leprechaun had not come I stuck to my guns I didn't I didn't like at the last minute bust out anything green and they were fine they even kind of brought it up in the morning and I was like "Eh, I guess magic works different in every family and like nobody cried nobody and I have criers like I have kids who freak out and so I, I I just tell that story because it's like it, it, it just is pervasive, this right. pressure to like, or this worry, I guess not the pressure, but the worry that the kids will be disappointed. And my kids fully thought that a leprechaun might come and it didn't and they were okay. So like yeah. the, the kids will be okay. And same, just like what you're saying about it being the same year to year, they either won't notice or they'll notice and they'll move on. It's okay. Yeah. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. 
Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's a difference between setting up an expectation over many years. Right. Like in my house, if suddenly Santa Claus just isn't coming (laughs) and they all find out on Christmas morning, well, that's not going to go over very well, right? that's true. But, (laughs) But something like... You know, the tooth fairy, who in my house is a total degenerate, (laughs) never gets there on time. Half the time, the teeth are lost by the time the tooth fairy bothers to show up. Um, Terrible. Should be fired. But the kids really don't have any other expectation. It's like, well, I lost a tooth. I guess at some point, maybe I'll get a dollar. Like, they really don't have an expectation around it. So I'm not really letting them down. It's never been a thing. Um, So certain holidays, we go a little more all out and some were a lot more laid back. And I think as long as I'm not not completely uh, consistent year to year, but just like as long as I'm not, I guess, make creating this big thing. Yeah. And I do that five years in a row, and then one day without warning, it's gone. That right. I, that's the only time I could think that that yeah. would really lead to a lot of yes, disappointment. Absolutely. So, well, I think this will be fun. So now we've talked about some of the things we don't do, but I do want to kind of give our listeners a peek into what we do. So we've kind of I, I have a list of the various creatures and holidays. Uh, St. Patrick's Day, I think we're, we've we've addressed that. No leprechauns yes. came to my house. I'm guessing no leprechauns came to your this house. Is, this this conversation can move on because you didn't uh, know it was a not thing. A thing. Yep. It is a thing. <laughs> It mostly involves turning stuff green, like your cereal milk and your toilet water, mm. and making messes, I think, and like glitter nope. and gold coins and lucky charms. Okay, moving on. So Easter's coming up. Tell me about yeah. how, what happens on Easter morning in your house and go back to when your kids were little bunny believers, too. Um, so the Easter bunny is one that I will say we've we've always it's always been part of the lore. It's never really been a huge focus. Uh-huh. Um, we talk about the Easter bunny in sort of a, a generic way. I guess the kids all believe, like believe to some point and then they stop. We always um, the Easter Bunny hides the baskets. Okay. And the Easter Bunny, which is actually a lot of fun. That's yes. one of those where I, the kid, the bigger kids can we really make it hard for them to find the baskets. And oh, that's awesome. They can get really into it. And then the Easter Bunny also hides candy around the house. And the way we do the um, because we have multiple children, the way we do that is um, I get those foil wrapped, multicolored foil wrapped like either of the eggs or, yes. um, and there's one particular brand that has five different colors. I can't oh, remember which fun. one it is. So, you know, every kid has a color I and the Easter idea. bunny hides them based on the height and ability of the kid at that age to right. find it. Cause otherwise the big kids find all the candy and the yeah. little ones are crying. Do they know so, what their color is? Yep. So, you know, usually, you know, Clara's pink or whatever, yeah. and everyone gets a color and, it was really was for the little kids when it started because I wanted yeah. to be able to hide some of them or one of the Easter bunny to be able to hide some of them at a low level right. and have the little kids find them without the big kids finding them first. Now, nowadays, the bigger kids have more restraint, so it's not like they'd run through the house and steal all their brother, little brothers right. and sisters candy, but it was really useful for a while. Now it's just kind of tradition, so we, we've stuck with it. I um, love that. Yeah. What's in so the baskets? Kind of, and then everyone gets the same amount. As well, right, which is nice. So everyone ends up with the same number of candies at the end. Um, in the baskets are usually like we do classic Easter baskets. So like yo-yos. Actually, I think that's what got Owen into yo-yoing was that he okay. got a yo-yo last coming Easter. Coming up on his one year anniversary. Uh, yeah, but he really just super got into it last uh, month. Okay. Um, 
yo-yo, silly string. Sometimes that that depends on the weather. Like if the weather's really good and the kids mm-hmm. can go outside with the silly string, great. Otherwise, that does not make it into the baskets right. because it's just like a disaster waiting to happen. Yes. Uh, silly putty. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like jump ropes. I mean, like all the stuff yeah. I got in my Easter basket when I was a kid is yeah. the same kind of stuff that my kids get. Um, usually there's some kind of hollow bunny. Yes. Like a hollow chocolate bunny, some jelly beans, a few other little candy items. Don't go super heavy on candy. And are you um, putting any of those candy items in plastic eggs or just loose in the basket? I usually don't. Okay. Unless it's sometimes I'll do jelly beans and eggs. Okay. Those eggs, those eggs really annoy me. Yeah. And I just they, feel like then they're just all over the place and people everywhere. step on them and they break and like just. And so what I'd about rather the just grass? Have a do you do the, the like. <sighs> I do a very grass. small <laughs> amount of the paper grass. Oh, yeah. Paper is very small amount because otherwise that stuff is everywhere. I don't do the cellophane. That stuff is like, I don't know. It's dangerous for pets. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's impossible to clean. It's like sticks to stuff with the static. Yeah. I actually have a childhood memory of my mom being like, I if I find another piece of that plasticky Easter grass, I'm just going to lose it. Like it's just (laughs) everywhere. And that is. Yeah, that's funny. Um, well, we're pretty similar, I would say. I, I like that you said the bunny hides the baskets because Brian grew up in a family where your basket was empty, but your, the bunny hid eggs and maybe hid surprises. Oh, and it, I grew okay. up and the bunny hid the whole basket with stuff in it. Yeah. And yep. actually, when I was growing up, the bunny did not hide additional eggs or candy. Um, so, But because I grew up in California and I am raising my kids in California, you can hide baskets outside. And um, I agree. I think it's really fun. I almost have as much fun with Easter bunny stuff as Santa because I think it's, it's just less pressure. Christmas, there's yes. so much going on. Yeah. Um, and this is just a more finite, like amount of it's time super and energy specific. yeah it's like just that morning really they, yes. they don't do a ton of other stuff around it you know so yeah so yeah um, we would get up early yeah. brian would hide the bath he usually is a good hider and we almost always hide him outside but again we have the good weather um and same thing that inside the basket would be like maybe one small toy um or a book i love my kids have loved plastic animals you know just like the nice yeah. nicer quality mm-hmm. so like reed has gotten a dragon or something really cool where it's just one plastic animal but maybe a nicer one um Maybe a book or like some small toy and then, yeah, some, some, but we usually do put the candy in the plastic eggs. I think because I always have them. I just keep them in the Easter bin. Yeah. For Um, me, it totally just depends whether I feel like doing that this year. Clara tends to get a lot of like little craft stuff. Yeah. um, Like little stickers and stuff like that. Sometimes it's just something that they happen to need. Like I've put swim goggles in there. Like socks. Socks or uh, toothbrushes. I mean, like, yes. Basically the Easter basket is an excuse to go to Target and get the stuff your kids need and then make it fun. Yeah, and add chocolate. <laughs> so, I do love giving chocolate. a chocolate bunny, like one bigger chocolate bunny, like a hollow bunny, like you said. So that's kind of classic. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I would just echo what you said, which is we don't talk a lot about the bunny himself. We've never like gone to take pictures with the bunny. No, or, like, no, Yeah, that's no. how you and I are about Santa. And, I think, and my too. kids don't really have a sense of what the bunny looks like even. No. I, and actually, I have this memory. It's so funny. I remember going... Um, the other kind of cool thing I think about Easter for us is always we can always take the show on the road like we we're not you know we've talked on the show before about how Christmas for us is specific like yeah. we are we stay home we do it the same way every year we yeah. don't go anywhere on Christmas Eve we don't go anywhere Christmas morning um, we just like hunker down and do family for that right. period of time and um, 
it's kind of funny because Easter's always been the one that we sometimes do in a hotel because we're visiting yeah. someone or sometimes do it at someone else's house. And that's how it was for me growing up, too, which I think is part of why yeah. that's how we we do it. But um, I had this very specific memory of being like seven years old at my aunt's um, apartment in Chicago okay. in the city. And I swear in my I remember seeing this huge bunny running or like hopping Aww. down her alley. I remember it like it happened. Yeah. Like, I can see these big brown ears like and all this stuff like behind like in the alley behind the, her garage. Now, um, maybe that actually is what happened. I'm not sure. Right. But what I remember about that is I totally came up with the way that bunny would look on my own. Like no one yeah. told me yeah. the Easter bunny is white or brown. No one told me the Easter bunny is big or little. Like, is it like the size of a guy in a bunny suit or is it like the size of a little rabbit? Yeah. No one told me that it drove. Like, I think I remember my dad actually saying it drove a Corvette. I do remember that actually. <laughs> that the really Easter Bunny drove a Corvette, um, but I don't remember having like I don't remember even wondering how it carried stuff. Right. It there was no lore around yeah. it at all, which yeah. is kind of fun and different. It like it really it's, let my imagination run wild. Um, now this is a real side note, but do you remember the book The Country Bunny and the Little Gold Shoes? Have you read that mm-hmm. one? Mm, oh. That sounds familiar. It's a but vintage, I'm not sure. so you would love it. It's from like okay. the late '30s, um, and if listeners know about it, you know it. It's I won't go into details. It's an amazing Easter Bunny book, but in that in that book there are five Easter Bunnies, and so like you could read oh. that and be like, all right, that works for me. There's five. So like so so in that. Does the Easter Bunny have a big basket? Like, how does the Easter Bunny carry things? In I've that one, about there it. are five of them, and it's a coveted spot. And this little country girl bunny that all the big rich men tell that she's not, you know, she's too plain to grow up to be an Easter Bunny. Well, she does grow up to be an Easter Bunny. It's like, it really does Spoiler. have like a feminist narrative. It's great. <laughs> um, she raises all her babies and then like achieves her lifelong dream of becoming That's an Easter awesome. Bunny. But they, there's a palace of Easter eggs and they, they go back and forth throughout the night. So they go back and they take some and they take them to a, a house and then they go back for more and they and oh, they can okay. kind of hop magically fast and far so i it's, see it see, sort of like yeah. combines maybe logic with uh-huh. magic no but. one's really bothered fleshing out the easter bunny story that much so i think that there's and that's cool i think that's great it takes the I pressure do too. off i do too so. um okay well should we move on to the tooth fairy this is like yeah. this, um i have to give a shout out one of our longtime listeners miranda who follows us on social media she was one of the first to send in a question to us she's just been a longtime supporter but i saw on instagram that her oldest just lost a first tooth and she was like i don't know how to do this like i don't know what yeah. i'm doing and it does it kind of sneaks up on you so i would love to hear how the tooth fairy works in your house or what kids expect so the kids expect that they will put their tooth under their pillow and nothing will happen (laughs) for at least four days at which point sometimes they'll bring me the tooth well actually i what i ended up doing sometimes some of it was honestly this this lazy slacker attitude on the part of the tooth fairy started when I had older kids and babies and would fall asleep. Like I was yeah. so tired. Yeah. I would lay down thinking I would go up and slide some cash under the pillow um, at some point during the night and then would just pass out and never yeah. get to it. Um, the other thing that often happened was that the tooth would get lost, mm-hmm. so like under the pillow, it would get yeah. lost. And another thing that sometimes happened is that I had really light sleepers and I was afraid if I went yes. in their bedrooms and started messing with their pillows, they would wake up. So, um, 
one thing we finally kind of went to, and now keep in mind, my kids aren't losing teeth at a rapid pace right now. So Claire has lost all of her front teeth. She hasn't really gotten into molars yet. Yeah. So there's a a pause break usually. Yeah. There's a break where we're like in a break right now, but during the last like little rush of teeth falling all all over the place, um, I switched to having like a cup that's downstairs. Mm. It's like the tooth. It's like, like a this deposit little box. bowl. Yes. <laughs> it's like this little bowl. And I just said, you know, the, sometimes your guys's bedroom is messy and it's hard for the tooth fairy to get around in there. And like, I don't want the tooth to get lost. So just put it in this little bowl and then the money shows up in the bowl. That was always just a lot easier. That became easier for me to manage yeah. than having this pillow bed situation going on. Um, and yeah, but, but even then. They all know she's not coming that night. Right. That is real. I love that. I just And love it. it's like, she's busy. All right. She's got stuff going on. You guys yeah. are just going to have to wait your turn. Um, they usually get like a dollar. If we have $2 bills, they'll get $2, a $2 bill. We don't go crazy with teeth. I know some the price of a tooth has gone up to like 5 or $10 or something now. So Yeah, we do $2. We don't. But we, do t- we don't do a $2 bill because I, I can't plan ahead like that. So yeah. I actually say if I if I were going to add some extra bonus magic to any of this, um, and I realize I'm kind of, you know, poo-pooing some of it, but the idea of silver dollars or $2 bills to keep a stash of them yes. just for Tooth Fairy, I do really like that idea. It does yeah. seem magical and special, and it seems like something that I wish I would have done. Well, John has the thing for $2 bills, so okay. he would often just have a huge stack of them anyway. Okay. So if, if there happened to be some laying around, that's what we'd use. If right. not, no big deal. Um, the other thing that's uh, the other part of the story that's kind of gross and weird and disturbing is that I would then just throw the tooth into my jewelry box because totally. I had like a little like a little drawer that wasn't being used. And then one day I looked in it and it <laughs> it looked like some kind of like cannibals, you know, like pirate like like <laughs> yes, like or like graveyard. yes, yes. And I looked at it, I was like, okay, so now not only do I have no idea whose teeth these are, like I don't know which tooth belongs to which kid anymore because they were all just dumped into one little area. And some of them look kind of gross. I mean, <laughs> it just it skeeved me out and I threw all the teeth away, which is yeah. terrible. Like I felt bad, but You're it was so creepy. You're not the only mom that has a drawer full of teeth. <laughs> I remember my mom having a drawer full of our teeth and I, I have teeth in many drawers. Okay, so um, <laughs> here's a few things about the Tooth Fairy with us. So I've talked before. So um, like you said, kids kind of, they lose about the first eight teeth in relatively, you know, short succession. Right. And then there's a break and then they start losing more. So Allegra, it worked out perfectly because Allegra was kind of done and she's on a break and then Reed started. My kids are actually late to lose teeth so I've had a little more time to figure this out. So Reed's almost seven. He just lost his, um, the one on the top, which I always think is so cute. Like the top yes, teeth are just so yes, and cute so he just lost the one um but um I lost my train of thought for a second just how it works so Brian does the Brian does the actual transaction but Reed in particular I've mentioned on this show has a really hard time parting with stuff so he actually does not want the tooth fairy to take his tooth away because he doesn't want to give it up but he still wants the money so every time he writes a really cute little note that says it's like a ransom note like please leave the tooth and leave the money Um, and so the fairy (laughs) obliges because who cares Um, so he has some of his teeth are like in plastic bags in his own drawers like we've got teeth in all kinds of drawers all over um, and I think actually Allegra went through that phase too of not wanting of feeling a little sad about the tooth actually the getting tooth. taken I, away I kind of actually remember there being that with one of my kids maybe Jacob um, he actually kind of like sitting there being torn yeah. about whether he wanted to lose the tooth like really really wanted to, and I remember him being afraid that the tooth area would just come find it wherever it was 
Oh, like you know what I mean? Like even yes, take it. Even if he didn't. And it's kind of funny how kids minds can like run away with their imaginations can run away with that kind of thing. Like he thought that there was this rogue tooth fairy just going around stealing teeth. Right. And I, you know, made something up on the spot. Excuse me. As moms do because we have to sometimes and said, oh, no, you know, it it only counts if you put it in a place that you set aside for the tooth fairy to come. They only know how to go to that one place. And. Um, but he was really weird about it in that yeah. way. And I don't really remember what we, I think he ultimately decided he'd rather have the money. Yeah. Oh and yeah. So. He really likes money too. So he's fine, <laughs> but he does politely request that the tooth not get taken away. Not that he ever looks at the tooth again. He just can't bear to part he, with it. Yeah. yeah. So Brian usually slips $2 under the pillow, like before we go to bed. Cause we're, he's just, I don't do parenting in the late evening, but Brian's You're good. like, I'm out. I don't, I'm peace out. I'm not the tooth fairy. But Brian is, he's a good tooth fairy. We haven't had any run-ins where we've totally forgotten or anything yet, but we've had a lot fewer teeth. I, I fully, I fully believe that we will just botch it at some point. And you know um, what? Just like we said with other stuff, it's fine. The kids yeah. don't really care that much. No, you know? yeah, they don't. Um, what about some of the things? I mean, I know you probably don't do this and I don't, but I do think that there are some other leprechaun like trends going on, which is some kind of glitter situation with tooth fairy and or a glitter situation. Yeah. Like people having like a trail of glitter or some evidence oh. that the tooth. Fa- I know. <laughs> I know. You're moaning. You're moaning softly into the corner. like so much like... Well, also remember, guys, if you haven't decided what kind of tooth fairy you're going to be, moms, let me tell you. Let me remind you. Kids have 20 baby teeth in their mouth. Yes. 20. Yes. If you have more than one child, let's say you have two children, that's 40 teeth. If you want to be in the middle of the night dealing with glitter and cleaning up glitter the next day 40 times in the next five years, knock yourself out. But... If, if you're going to set it up, and actually, I would argue that Tooth Fairy stuff is one where, like, the system that you set up is probably, they're going to remember. Because they yeah, do lose only more happens. teeth in short succession, yes. as opposed to, like, the things that are once a year. So, just maybe think and about And it's just that. a one-off. It's it's That's all there is. It's like, right. you know what I mean? It's like, a tooth is lost, what happens next? Yes. Um, also, they're going to be losing teeth when they are 13, yeah. 12, 13 yeah. years old. and. You might think by that point they'll have forgotten about it, but guess who won't? Their yeah. younger siblings. Right. Oh, you're so locked in. If you're locked in. You're locked in for life. <laughs> we are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day, and it could seriously use a refresh. But you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. 
Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Um, now, I do think one little product I've seen that's not a bad idea is a little like your cup idea is a little pillow or a little envelope. Yeah. So the tooth doesn't get lost. I, we don't have one like that. My kids usually put it in a Ziploc bag and then stick that under their pillow. Yep. But I can see the practicality there. And there's some cute ones on Etsy and things to make it special. So we're not we're not like we're not saying that some of these extra bonuses are bad. Just think about how you want it to play out and don't feel like you have to do everything. Absolutely. Um, I thought I had more. We've had some funny tooth fairy stuff lately just because we were in that phase. But I think, right. I think we've touched on it all. Um, OK, well, I had very briefly written down um, the idea of having other fairies come visit, like when a pacifier is being given up. I know a lot of moms yeah. are having like or the Halloween the candy fairy, fairy. the yeah. candy fairy yeah. for the Halloween. So we haven't done any of that. I think it's I fine if you want to do it. If you if your kids are the type to. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, the two common ones, I think, are if it's time to take a pacifier away, mm-hmm. um, having the pacifier visit, take away all the pacifiers and leave like a coveted toy. Um, yes. I think you have to be careful with that because kids can, you know, taking a pacifier away in general is touchy and it's very different per kid. So, yes. yeah, go for and, it. If that's and the right there are always more pacifiers to buy, so you're really going to yeah. have to really dig in. Yeah, and that. if you tell you know that I mean? story, then you're gonna you're gonna have to be justifying the actions of the passy fairy, right? Like you're gonna have to back her up because the kid yeah, might exactly. be mad at so, her. Yes. Exactly, <laughs> or and then if you her, run like out Jacob and buy, was, yeah, yeah, if I if you run out and buy a new pacifier because the kid is flipping out, then it's like, well. You know, at what point? Yeah. I, and I, I have nothing against it. I actually was going to do that with Jacob. He was the only one of my kids that ever took a pacifier. Um, and oh, I just dropped my phone on the floor. Um, he he was about three, maybe like between three and three and a half when he finally gave it up. And I remember asking him if he would like the pacifier fairy to come and bring him whatever toy he really, really wanted. Right. And he thought about it and we said, no, thank you. I'd rather just keep it. Yeah. So <laughs> you also, I guess, have to decide, like, to what lengths are you willing to go to make this happen? Yeah. Um, is this a voluntary thing or is like it's coming? You yeah. Know, the pacifier fairy is coming one way or the other. Just and I have to, to say, I have a little bias. I'm I'm pretty protective of kids comfort objects. So I'm pretty careful when it comes to 
weaning my kids off of, in my case, it's been thumb sucking. There's no fairy to come take their thumb away, but we've had blankies and, and that's just not really my style, but I know people that it's worked for. And then the Halloween fairy is the one that comes and takes all your candy after a day or two and leaves you a toy. And quite Mm -hmm. honestly, I, I don't really want to buy my kid a toy after having them get the bonanza of Halloween. So we just eat candy for a couple of days and then I keep hiding it and they keep asking for it. It kind of just peters out. We've never had to do that, but I just, I think sometimes, and I don't have anything against the, the Halloween fairy. Jenna did it a couple years in a row and she was like, meh, it was fine. It, it made it so the kids weren't just eating candy the whole time. Um, but it to me, it felt like a little extra work and then it kind of, it kind of creates this idea to me that the kids like deserve to just get something just because yes. it's a day. Yes. There's something about it that rubs me the wrong way and I don't I, exactly know why. Yeah. I totally don't care if people do it. Right. But I was like, why would I bribe my kid right. with a toy to have them give me the candy? Right. To not eat candy, <laughs> like, which is to not eat candy. To I'm like buying anyway. them off somehow. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I do like you do. We, we kind of pig out on it for a day or two. Then it starts to just kind of disappear. And honestly, I will also say that the last few years, we've just really shortened the amount of time that we go trick or treating. Yeah. Um, yeah, the older kids can do what they want. Long. We've just never. So gone for the very kids long. don't yeah. get that much candy. They really don't. I mean, yeah. they'll, they'll come home with enough to really like have one big like pig out fest the first night, big pig out fest when they get home from school the next day, and then it kind of just trickles out until there's nothing that anyone wants anyway, and then I throw it away. Right. So it's not a big deal for yeah. us. It's once a year. Yeah. Um, but there's something about that like that exchange that has never sat right with me. Yeah, so I've never I, done I, I feel exactly the same way. And I think just on both of these other fairies, the pacifier fairy, the Halloween fairy, I have kind of, this is a good transition in talking about Santa. I have always kind of wanted to limit the number of magical creatures we talk about yes. to sort of like up the magic factor for the ones yep. that I really, when you talk about seeing the Easter bunny, I have the same memory of hearing the reindeer's bells. I heard them. Me yes, I, I, like, heard, I them. heard them. <laughs> so yeah. I want that kind of magic. Yes. for my kids where you know if we're seeming a little cynical I don't think that's we d- we want this kind of magic but I almost feel like too many fairies and too many leprechauns almost dilutes or it, it makes them ask more questions it makes them more yeah. skeptical so I'd rather save it for there's the more magic. opportunities for yeah. you to screw up really badly yes, um, exactly. <laughs> but also I think what ends up happening and again this is going to sound like I'm being judging and I'm, I'm really not yeah, I, I'm not I, I don't think feel people do either. what yeah. they want to do and if you if you're loving it do it but it puts so much more of the focus on us yes. than on the kids when we are constantly having to like think about how we're going to express this holiday or that holiday or this made up <laughs> this right. made up magical creature that never existed before which is part of I think why Elf in the Shelf rubs me so wrong yes. um, is it well, let's talk about him in, let's go in, right, well, right yes. to Elf did, didn't we do like a whole episode about we him we did but once? it was on the home hour and it was so long <laughs> oh, ago I'm not going to assume right. anybody's listened okay. so, we so go basically there. neither one of us does it I don't care if people do it I think it's cute um, I think it's it's alarming to me how quickly it went from being something someone did to being something everyone is supposed to do that happened in like two years yes and now the Barnes and Noble, Barnes and Noble, like children's area basically turns into like wall to wall elf on the shelf. Yes. With outfits. At Christmas time. Like yes. Outfits for your elf. It's very commercialized and it yeah. got out of control on social media because yep. and it became like a way to a kind of a one up thing. And some people yeah. are really clever and they do a fun thing, you know, really fun things with it. And some people do a, kind of the naughty ones, which I think are yes. funny, you know, yes. the adult versions. But like really overall, I just look at that like. Is it now to the point where it's not really about the kids anymore, but it's about us demonstrating how good we are at doing holidays by 
showing the world our clever elf on the shelf stuff. Yes. And yes. that's a line we all have to decide for ourselves because we do share what we, there is a certain amount of productizing our lives, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And we all do it. I do it. You yeah. do it. Everybody does it. But there's like, there's got to be that line we all draw for ourselves about right. how much of this is for public consumption and how right. much of it is, it's something I love doing and I'm happen to want to share it. Right. And right. that's to me where the difference is. Well, and and one thing with the elf is I think, like you said, it happened very fast and you could also go into it without kind of realizing the implications. So I want to back up even and explain to our listeners of, say, brand new babies and toddlers. If you haven't been around kids and your kids are too little, the elf is an actual little doll like elf. He there's a storybook that comes with him that says that he travels to the North Pole every night while you're sleeping and reports back to Santa on your behavior, which is a that's a whole nother side that I'm not crazy about. But um, and then he are supposed to um, put him in a different spot each day. So when the kids wake up, they find him in a different spot. Now that, like you said, Megan, on social media, that has exploded into like, sometimes he makes mischief, he gets into trouble. Yeah. Sometimes he leaves notes for the kids. And again, if it's really fun, then then it's really fun. But this is every day of December leading up till Christmas and ostensibly for the rest of your children's believing Christmas years, which is kind of a big commitment. I can see how moms think it's fun at the beginning and then get sucked in and then feel like, okay, well, now we've now we're in it. So if you have an opportunity to maybe think about how you want to do the elf, and I think you can even do the elf in a laid back way and then do it in a more extreme way. So there's there's variations. on Right. Um, That's the thing, too. Like some people just move it around. I mean, it doesn't always have to be this big you know, it's causing problems that create that require props right. <laughs> every day. Yeah. But I think what we should spend a couple of minutes talking about is this fear that the kids that the other kids are haven't have an elf and are going to tell my kids about the elf. And now we have to get an elf. And I just feel like I said, with the leprechaun, that is really easy to fall prey to when you're a mom. So even if you think you're not an elf family, I know people who've said, well, I wasn't going to do it because it sounds like a lot of work. And right. But then but then my kid came home and said, my best friend has an elf. Why don't we have an elf? And I don't know. Do you have any advice? I just say magic works different in every families and we celebrate Christmas differently. I'm just yeah. really matter of fact about it. My kids ask every single year. They always ask and I always have the same answer and we move on and it's Christmas. Yeah. There's a million fun things going on. Yeah. So I'm always I, like, I, here, have a candy yeah. cane. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, yeah. The, the elf doesn't come to our house. Um, we do things differently. That's not something that we're going to do. I mean, I feel like it's, I think my kids are just a little, they're old enough that we missed that particular. In fact, I remember when we did that home hour episode, that was like three years ago. Yeah. I remember us, I was said it hasn't come in yet from the coast. Like, right. because I live in the Midwest, things right. take a while to trick, like the pressures take a while to, and I'm also in a rural, like small town. So it takes a while for stuff to trickle in the influences. And so that year I said, you know, I'm really just hoping my kids never ask about it. Um, and then like the, the year later, the the next year, Clara asked and Owen asked, but they just asked one time and I just said, yeah. no, we're not going to do that. And we'll do some other really fun stuff. And then they just moved on. Like they yeah. didn't really care. Um, you know, there's so much, it's just jam packed with magic. And I thought of that when you were talking about your kids going to school and having all that St. Patrick's Day stuff happen yeah. at school. So they got it. They got yeah. to have it. Um, yeah. They just, they, they just didn't have it at home. Uh, yeah. There's so much stuff happening that I'm, yeah, matter of fact, explain what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. 
move on. Yeah, and Don't I feel think, bad about it. I think if you're worried about maybe uh, busting the myth or the magic, and again, I come down to, I'm a big, I love the Santa story. I was such a like passionate believer and I love the mm-hmm. magic of kids believing in Santa. So I almost feel like the dang elf Kind of like kind of like usurped it. Yes. Like or, or yeah. like he gets them asking questions and talking about it almost too much. And then oh, I feel like yeah. that takes away it can add to the skepticism. It can it can make yes. you have conversations trying to defend that you don't want to have Santa that you don't want to <laughs> yes. have. You just want them to believe and move on. Anyway, um yeah, with Oh, I lost my train of thought on the old elf. He's getting me all riled up. So well, <laughs> it's okay. But we I think we understand what you're your uh, position is it's it is a distraction and it makes it easier to the more complication you add into your traditions and the more complicated it is to keep something up the more likely that you're gonna start slipping or get sick of it or whatever so if it's not something you want to stick or feel grumpy about and all those things you know are kind of outside of the point the point is to create some fun magic that's fun for everyone and not just something you you have to do and we're, we're living proof that you don't have to well, I would love to hear from elf elf aficionados, defenders. Elf, <laughs> elf defenders, because um, I, you know, I enjoy looking at the pictures and hearing how it works. Um, I, I think like where I where I feel strongly is that I feel like if you're not sure if you want to do an elf and you still have time to decide because you, you're not there yet, um, don't do it because you're worried that your kids are going to talk to other kids who do it. That's not that's not the reason to do it. Do it because it's fun and adds to the holiday magic. But don't do it because of peer pressure, because you won't. It's never it's only going to become more of a drag if you're not doing it for the fun of it. Right. I guess. Absolutely. And honestly, that is kind of um, that is advice for all aspects of parenting. Do it for the right reasons. Do it because you want to or you think it's important. And yeah. Um, what other people think really doesn't matter. Yeah. And if it's fun for you, then like just like the leprechaun, go for it. Knock yourself out. Yeah. Um, OK, well, let's finish on Santa. And this might be there's will probably be a little bit of repeat because um, we've touched on him before. But I do want to hear how um, Santa visits your house and what how, how the magic works in your house, what your kids are used to waking up to and any other Santa traditions. So Santa has been pretty consistent through the years, although I will say now that my kids are all mostly older and the the nature of the gifts that the older ones get are, are becoming different, sometimes it's a little different. So it used to always be Santa brought the big gift. Right. And so big meaning either physically the big gift, mm-hmm. like the bicycle or whatever, right. or the showstopper, you big know, the, t- the impressive ticket. one, the yeah. big ticket. Um, I kind of have moved away from doing that. And they also, Santa also fills the stockings and lines them all up on the sofa. Right. Um, and I have started to move away from Santa being the one to give the big ticket item because I still have at least one, possibly two believers in my house. Uh-huh. And frankly, I wanted the credit. Yes. I have thought that too. <laughs> Santa for picking out this awesome gift. And I kept screwing up and saying like, yeah, when dad and I, you know, were shopping and bought that and then we'd be like, and then, you know, my younger kids honestly didn't even notice. Right. So like they were like, whatever. It was the older kids who started calling me out. Yeah. So, you know, William would say like, oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> you guys bought that, huh? I thought Santa brought that. Like they don't, nothing gets by them anymore. So I yeah. have to be really careful. And so we started kind of just having it be whichever gift kind of fit the wrapping, the Santa wrapping paper or which like I try to make it consistent. So if like if one kid gets something awesome from Santa, then I'm not going to have Santa give the rest of them socks. Yeah, like it's going right. to be kind of 
equal or even, but it's no longer like the best gift. Santa right. doesn't bring the, and sometimes if it's like a family gift, um, Santa will just bring one sometimes. Yeah. Like Santa has okay. bought a game machine and it's yeah. for everyone. Right. We're, we're a little inconsistent with the way we do Santa. I will say with the No, gift. I think it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like there's still a through line though. There um, is a through line. And our, Santa always eats can uh, eats cookies yes. and drinks milk and always leaves a note yes. written our, in all block letters so that they can't figure out my handwriting. Not that they could oh, anyway. See, I, I'm so inconsistent about the hand, the Santa handwriting and I always want to write the note, but I've always had like three glasses of wine and then I'm, <laughs> And, so the and it's just like the terrible. I'm so tired. Even take yes. you know, wine aside, you're just done yes. by that point of the note writing. But for some reason, the note writing is really special to me. I remember wanting, you know, writing the Santa notes when I was a kid to Santa. So I love yep. that part. I love creating that part of the magic. But I feel like my notes are really inconsistent. They're like one whatever paper, like the you know, in Sharpie, whatever. Um, so our Santa gifts are not wrapped. Yours are wrapped. Yes. Okay. Unless well, but. But there have been items that were unwrapable before. Yeah, like so a bike like something, or something, a bike or yeah, yeah. an animal. Yeah, Ours, we usually do. And because our kids are younger, it's been easier. But we usually do go for a larger size item. Again, that's mm-hmm. unwrapped and sort of like you walk in the room and like, oh, wow. There it is. Right. But, you know, what gets harder and this is like the age where I have believers, but but very opinionated believers who right. get real strategic about what they ask Santa for. And then they they latch on to that. So that has been a challenge. And I think that is a challenge for a lot of parents is like let's say the kid is dead set that Santa's bringing you know XYZ toy and either XYZ toy isn't in the budget or maybe it is but like you said you want mom and dad to have the credit or grandma and grandpa really want to get that so we've just tried to like as much as possible have what they ask for be somehow part of Christmas but sometimes grandma and grandpa give that thing that they ask Santa for and what Santa brings they didn't even ask for but and you know they're fine they're happy it's Christmas morning I've also even said to my kids before, like, while they're making their, their Christmas letters, I will say, or their, you know, wish lists, I will say, well, um, make sure you give Santa three ideas because yeah, um, sometimes it's like, you know, Santa has a budget too, or Santa has a lot of, doesn't have that much room. And it's like, whatever. It depends on the age of the kid and how gullible they are. And then oftentimes I've said, oh, you know, I thought it was so fun that you asked for that from Santa because I had already bought it for you. Oh. Like I was ahead of Santa. You know what I mean? Right, so Santa got right. you this other thing instead. Right. So, I mean, kid, like kids will believe what you tell them unless they don't want to. And that, right. I think that's what I keep coming back to for this stuff. It's, yeah. you know, and to your point about um, the letter always being different and consistent. One year I actually forgot, like I left the co- plate of cookies out on the table and then forgot to do the whole ring rigmarole where I like crumble one up and right. throw yes. part of it away and all yes. that stuff. Um, drink the milk. Yes. And I figured it out while the kids were... Sitting, I don't even remember if they were, um, they were like probably all gathered in the living room looking at stocking stuff. And I just figured, I was like, oh my gosh, the plate is still sitting there with the letter. So I just <laughs> dashed up. I said, oh, I have to get my tea. And I dashed into the kitchen and really quickly like threw away most of the cookie. And and then I said, oh, there's no note. Um, and I went and like wrote one and left it someplace in the house and said, oh, Santa must have been, you know, left this. What a silly, like just kind of blew it off and no one cared or got it or I think I get way more into the milk the cookies and the note than my kids that's one of my favorite parts as a parent me too I think that's like so magical it was one of my favorite parts as a kid yeah it is magical there's something magical about being up with your family or your spouse or whatever on Christmas Eve and making that magic happen so it is it is very fun um 
We got a question from Instagram. So right before we started recording, I did a little Instagram story and asked for listener questions. So I want to read this one real quick. It's about the tooth fairy. So we'll go backwards a little bit. But um, Ellie was nice enough to send us a question. So she said, my oldest has his first loose tooth. How do you deal with close friends and everyone having a different amount they give their kids? Is there anything I need to be aware of? And do you pay more for the first tooth? So I would say I do not pay more for the first tooth. Like it's special, but you're also setting the precedent yes. of what yep. you pay. So $2 is pretty much the going rate in our house. Um, Allegra got teeth pulled one time. She got three teeth pulled and it was, it was, so she lost a tooth, got $2 the normal way. And then the next teeth, three teeth she lost were they got pulled. And I think she got $10 because she got three pulled at once. So that was a slightly higher average. But other than that, I don't pay more for the first tooth. And I don't, just like we've been talking about with kids comparing notes, um, I think, yeah, we've kind of spoken to that already that like they will compare notes, but they're still happy to get the two dollars when they wake up. So there doesn't yeah, have no, to be a I've never rate. I've never done more than like I've never purposely done more for the first tooth. Yeah. Um, yeah. If anything, the amount they get has grown with inflation. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I do, I guess almost in the reverse, like my 12 year old might get five bucks because, yeah. you know, they they need money anyway. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Easter basket thing. Yeah. I'm probably going to give him money anyway. So might as well just give it to him in the form yeah. of a tooth fairy yeah. gift. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, I don't think there's anything else to be aware of with your first except what we talked about and that it is normal for kids to want to or not want to part with their tooth. I think right. that's I've yep. heard that from other people. And it's normal too, so. for the tooth fairy to be a slacker. I promise you. Totally. Totally. Well, thanks for <laughs> thanks for sending that in, Ellie. That was fun. That was like Thank a real you. time, a real time question. Um, okay, well, have we covered all of the magic under the sun? I think all we've we're done magicked out. I know. This is fun to talk about when it's not Santa. I get a little Santa overload at Christmas yes, time talking absolutely. about it and hearing about it. And so, um, yeah, well, head to the show notes at themomhour.com and look for episode 96. And we'll link to anything we talked about and probably a few of our holiday episodes where we talk yes. more about this. And then while you're there, check out the Mother's Day channel challenge so you can send in your letters send us your letters can't wait to see them all right everybody we'll talk to you next see you next week Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.